Hello, everyone, and welcome to I4CP's Next Practices Weekly podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tom Stone, a senior research analyst at I4CP, the Institute for Corporate Productivity, the leading authority on next practices in human capital. The Next Practices Weekly podcast is one of the ways we share those practices with you by interviewing top HR leaders and facilitating discussion with the broader HR community on what high-performance organizations are doing differently with their people practices. From HR strategy to talent acquisition, learning and development, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and much more. Recently, my co-host Judy Elbers and I had a great conversation with Paul Langloy, VP of Enterprise Learning, Careers, and Engagement at Ecolab, a global leader in water, hygiene, and infection prevention solutions and services. Paul described how they have used a skills-driven approach to launch a new career hub platform to drive more development and internal talent mobility within the organization. But before we get to that, just a quick reminder that I4CP recently released our study, Culture Fitness, Healthy Habits of High-Performance Organizations. Get your organization's culture in shape this year by following I4CP's research-based workout, proven to maximize cultural fitness. Start your culture workout now by visiting go.i4cp.com forward slash culture fitness. Okay, now for our conversation with Paul Langloy, VP of Enterprise Learning, Careers and Engagement at Ecolab. All right. Thanks, Tom. And Paul, welcome. I am so um, excited to talk to you today. I know you've been with Ecolab for for 13 years now. And it's one of those things where I hadn't heard about Ecolab. And then after I met you, I saw it everywhere. Um, (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about your role? Um, Tell us a little bit about Ecolab as a company, because Eco and Lab, it's so cool. Yeah, well, thank you, Judy, and great to be here. I've been looking forward to this and super excited to, to chat with you and, and share some knowledge. Um, so yeah, I've been yeah, I've been with Ecolab for uh, 13 years, and you mentioned Eco and Lab. Actually, our, our original name was Economics Laboratory uh, back in the day, and, um, and, and we changed that uh, a few years in, but I will, it's just a really a fun timing because as of last Friday, we just turned 100 years old, and so if you have, if you haven't seen out on LinkedIn, uh, there's a lot of lot of social media going on to, right now about how we turned 100. We had a big party uh, outside in Minnesota in March on Sunday, <laughs> uh, super fun. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great company to be a part of, and it is one of those companies where it's like that car. You know, you were gonna. You, you're looking at buying. You start seeing it everywhere once you hear about it or think about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ecolab is certainly uh, all over the place. And you know, in fact, as part of our hundredth anniversary, we we're going through a rebrand, which kind of talks to how, about how we're evolving the brand a little bit. Our tagline in the past had been "Everywhere it matters," and it is one of those things that yeah, it, we are everywhere it matters. But huh. we're evolving that because what we're really about is not just making the world cleaner, safer, and healthier, and being where everyone is to help them be cleaner, safer, and healthier. But our new tagline is protecting what's vital. And I think that gets to kind of where we're going in the future is protecting the people and the resources that are vital to life. And, and we have a lot of different a lot of different industries that we're part of. 
Um, and um, so I'd say we're all about driving people health, planet health, and business health all at the same time. And I'd say we're one of the few companies that can say that if you you could do all three at the same time. You don't have you to know, sacrifice one for the other. That is so inspiring and, and so convenient that you could go from like economics, economics to ecosystems, ecosphere. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Yep. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how L&D is structured? When, you know, I'm a 30-year L&D professional. The way that it's structured always varies between, are you centralized? Are you decentralized? Are you federated? And yeah. it really helps to um, to clarify that before we start talking about what you're doing um, at your company. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, certainly a federated model. You know, I, I do use, for, for lack of a better uh, a metaphor, I use the U.S. government as an example. You know, we, we're the federal government. I have a few resources in my team uh, of eight that, uh, that support and lead the things that touch all of our associates or all of our leaders. Um, so so we, we look after our leadership development programs, our global uh, programs. We look after our learning platform. Uh, we support the engagement uh, survey and nudges for the teams. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but there are our learning and development teams in all the divisions, our functions, some of our markets, um, and they all, you know, we report into the talent center of excellence in HR, uh, which I think is really uh, fun and exciting. And it looks, it's really forward thinking just because it's about, it's about skills and talent and, you know, talent acquisition, talent management and talent development, all kind of are, are you know, play together really, really well. Uh, but, you know, our, our different learning teams do report into different areas across, across the company. So it's, it's that kind of federal and state model. They're out there doing their own thing, experimenting to some degree. We learn from that, look for things that are common across and, and pick the things that are, you know, that we want to work together on. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, thank you. Uh, thing, yeah, Tom, if, if you could go back, I'll just share this really quickly, just for context. You know, I mentioned our, our company brand. This is our employer brand. And I, I think... Everything we talk about when it comes to development um, and even skills and and, uh, and and careers cannot happen unless you have a sound and solid brand promise for your employer for your employees. Right? This is our employer brand promise, and we do we do think that at Ecolab you can you can have a great career, uh, but it's all about owning it yourself, right? And you can if you own your career, if you take on those challenges. If you grow and shape your career, which I highlighted there, uh, you can have a big impact and you can impact uh, some really important things that, you know, around the world. And then, yeah, the next slide has our talent philosophies. The two I'll highlight, um, well, three I'll highlight. You know, we, we, there is a lot of, we're, we're great at in the diversity and inclusion space, but I'd say we do think that delivering results is, is how you drive advancement. And I love the second one. We believe that you can find a world of opportunity at Ecolab, you know, there's just so, so many different divisions, functions, areas where you can have a have a really varied career and do a lot of different things. Uh, so I, I think these are foundational to any kind of mm. uh, you know strong career development uh, set of programs. And you know, it's not easy 
It's not easy to describe both your employer brand promise and your talent philosophy so succinctly. Um, so well done. I know there's a well, lot of work that went into that. I had nothing to do with it. So I just I, I started in this role for you know three and a half years ago and and this was in place and really do, but I I just I just love it and I and we benefit a lot from having this in place. Uh, there you go. You're like the Alexander Hamilton of That's right. federated model at Ecolab. Somebody else is the Thomas Jefferson who wrote these amazing words. For those of you who are listening um, only, uh, we do have, Paul brought some great slides. Um, we've got his talent philosophy. We've got his employee value prop. And so we'll make sure that you have access to those things um, as well. Great. I think we're going to have a conversation about this one, right, Judy? We are going to have a conversation. So, um, so Paul, uh, I think it's important to talk about this model that's driving development at Ecolab. It's really popular among yeah. our members um, to use the 70-20-10 model. So tell us a little bit about how you're using it, um, and then we'll also do a little bit of clarification about this model. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll take the learning and development angle on it. I'll just say that, you know, there are a lot of people in when you're in a learning development role, there are a lot of people that come to you and say, hey, I need this training, right? I need this, get, get this training done, get it out there, right? And you and you really have to kind of back up and, and be that business partner. It's okay, what are you trying to accomplish? What are the things that you're trying to do? How, what are the behaviors you're looking for? Because it really is about, building in a, a, a way to get those new behaviors that are not just going to provide the knowledge to folks, but they're going to give them the confidence and a way to uh, really have the ability to do those things differently. So um, that's the way we leverage it. I, you know, yeah, we're not counting uh, and, you know, doing, doing the ratio to make sure we're spending 70% of our time on, uh, on, on experiential activities, uh, but we do use it as a way to think about, first of all, think about where, if you think about the big skills that you learned in your life, you know, where did you get them? And, and by and large, it's going to be, hey, I, I, I was put in a stretch role or I tried something new. I learned a lot from that, but I, I couldn't have gotten there without some foundational knowledge, right? So, yeah. so that, you know, that's how we look at it is, it's just a way to get the point across that it's not just about that course you took. It's about the, the connections you made and it's about the experiences where you put that into play. Completely. You know, so many people, because there are numbers involved, 70, yeah. 20, 10, so many people think that there's research behind 70, 20, 10, that, that like you said, like, oh, you're supposed to spend 70% of your time on experiences and, you know, 20 and, or you're supposed to spend 70% of your training budget on right. this, 20%, right. you know, on social, only 10% on formal. And I think formal learning experiences get a bad rap, you know, um, because of that, when really what I think what we're saying is let's just acknowledge this framework. It's sort of like the 80-20 principle. Yeah. You know, we, we want to think about it that way. It is a way of talking to your business clients about how much learning truly takes place on the job. Well, and if, if you are doing learning and development, 
it is a 70, 20, 10 experience that you really need to build. Not, not, not just the 10, right? So, Oh, I know. Right. How do you put put the connections and the experiences around Mm -hmm. the pure knowledge transfer so that you can build confidence and new behaviors? Well, and we didn't really have the technology for many years to design learning that way. So we were sort of, we were stuck. And for those of us who have been in this field for decades, it's so, um, it's so common to remain in that mindset and, and to not realize that, that you now have the technology where you can design a true, you know, learning experience that includes 70% of the learning happening on the job. And then you can come back and reflect on that and form original insights and grow. Um, So yeah, great. Let's move on. Yeah, I just wanted to chime in on that too, because like you, Judy and and Paul, I've been in in L&D mostly for for most (laughs) of my HR career. Um, And I love Paul. So I just wanted to second this the point that you made with that when business leaders or HRBPs come to the L&D COE and say, we've got this problem, give us a training course to fix it. Um, This model is just a helpful way to say, okay, maybe, um, but maybe a training course, a formal course, isn't the solution. Let's talk it through. Tell me, you know, in more detail what you're, what you think you need and and what the real issue is. And then me as an L&D professional can really help you to, to guide you to the, to the right solution. Yeah, and I think I mean I think this segues to the kind of the the next topic because I know yeah we've talked about that Tom you've written a lot about it too so um, I, I, but I think it does kind of transition to now we're thinking you know we we talked a lot about that in the learning space we got to think about it in the career space as well because when you're moving in your career it's not just about that that you know getting taking a class checking a box. And then you're going to get the next job, right? You know, it's it's really about making the right connections and about having the right types of experiences uh, to, to make sure that you are getting the visibility and the confidence that you need to move to the next thing, whatever that is. So. So, Paul, as we dive into uh, this topic, um, first, take a step back and just just let us know your L&D tech stack. What is your LMS? What is your. LXP, um, and then yeah. let's dive into this. Yeah, and like I said, um, federated models. So I'll just tell you that there are a lot of uh, tools that that are that the different teams are working or kind of trying out or piloting. But I'd say broadly, we have uh, really two or three things that we use: workday, workday learning. Uh, we're we're really all in on that uh, from a from a platform standpoint. It 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 was. Uh, I'll talk about this in a little bit. We migrated from. Uh, 15 different platforms to Workday Learning in 2019. Um, another, uh, you know, in, in terms of delivering, we are a Microsoft shops. So we use a lot of and leverage a lot of teams when we're delivering our courses. Uh, there's so there's a lot a lot there. And then, um, you know, the other one is a learning a learning creation, uh, learning design. Uh, we have a, a, a several of our folks, and we have an enterprise. Uh, agreement with our with Articulate and use that, but we also have a platform called Easy Generator that we use. That is, uh, we have an enterprise license and anyone can use it. And think of it as a light version of Articulate Rise that lets anyone out there create their own uh, their own course. And so it's it's a really, I think it's a great complementary 
tool uh, if you really want to spread the, the love when it comes to folks creating their own learning content. But as we all know, we've been in the learning space for a while. That, that's also a double-edged sword. And so you have to really be clear about what, you know, the quality and making sure you have the right type of quality as you manage that. So it's, so that's, so that's our, I'd say that's our uh, enterprise technology stack. There are a lot of other uh, tools that the different teams uh, work with across the division, across the enterprise. I'm, I'm sharing that second one in the chat. Uh, many L&D folks on the call, of course, know of Articulate, um, but that second one was what call Easy Generator? Is it all one? Easy Generator, one yep, yep. Okay. And um, yeah, it's a great tool because it, again, if if you, you know, you've done those RISE type courses, it's similar to that. Uh, and one mm -hmm. of the things that they, they do a great job of, they have a, a translation uh, built in so you can actually translate your courses within the tool. It's pretty, it's pretty solid. So we really enjoy it. So yeah, uh, let me let me talk a little bit about uh, what you see on the slide here because I think back to that 70-20-10 model. You know, we we started to pivot towards thinking about careers. Uh, we turned on Career Hub uh, uh, last year, and we really want this to be that 70-20-10 tool in ways uh, th that allows our associates to uh, to raise their hand. You know, we we have a lot of great talent practices around our high flyers. We know who they are. Uh, we, we, we manage that effective, really effectively. There are a lot of high potential people out there and we don't know where they are because there are 47,000 people in the company and we right. just have a limited amount of time to find them. And so we mm -hmm. want to build a platform to let them raise their hand, get that, get that, be able to really own their future and get that access, support, and visibility to opportunities that exist for them. Whether it be, uh, might be to learn something, might also be to make a connection, get a mentor. And uh, we just turned on Monday the gig infrastructure. So um, now it's the ability to uh, get an experience. We're piloting that with, uh, with, with our ERGs in the US and with Greater China starting in, in April. So it's now gonna become a way for you to, to, to raise your hand for an experience and do something with what you've learned. So I think that's great and, and we're super excited about it. But I'll say this, without the mindset shift, not just for associates, but you know, in particular, the managers and leaders, this is not gonna go very far, right? The mindset shift about don't hoard your talent? Yeah, and here are, here's how I'll put it. It's, it's mindset shift from how do I do everything I can to keep these people on my team? Yeah. Right? To, yeah. okay, I've got these people on my team. What's next for that person and that person and that person? And who's next in that chair when they move on, right? So to, to me, that's, I guess, the constructive way to say, yeah, let's, let's, let's have everybody thinking differently about their team, their talent, um, and, and helping them, again, have that great career that we talk about in our talent philosophy uh, that, that won't happen if you're just trying to hang on to everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got some really interesting questions coming in in the chat. We're going to, let's continue on talking about um, the skills and mobility um, plans that you have. Um, I'm, 
I did want to call out, I think it's really smart to pilot this with your ERGs um, because ERGs are already so, you know, so focused on supporting you and your career um, at the company. So um, really great idea there. And so, yeah, let's... um, Really good questions in the chat. Thanks so much, you guys. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and continue on, Paul, and talk a little bit more about this idea of Career Hub. Yeah, um, and you know, a lot of companies are going in this direction, and and we are as well. A little bit of history to this, but what you know, this is how we articulate it to our to our associates. Really empowers you to own and build your career. Right, getting back to our our. Our, our brand promise. And so we, we say, hey, this is a great way for you to get networking suggestions, find mm-hmm. a mentor, match up with a mentor, just make a connection with, with someone else, uh, get some uh, suggestions about the courses that you might want to take and why, uh, look at possible jobs and career paths. Um, and this is based on where others in your role have been. Uh, so I think that's really helpful. And then, you know, in our career hub, folks manage their their, their development plan, their development activities. And, um, and so, and then you can see they're coming in 2023. Well, here we are. Uh, it's, it's as of this week, we've got that, oh, wow. that opportunity marketplace turned on. Um, what I also included here, cause I think it would be helpful for folks to see is the number of associates that have tell, told us, okay, first of all, give us your background, your experience. Uh, so that's our job profile info. And then the next one is wait twenty one thousand out of forty three thousand out of forty seven out of forty seven thousand have already done this. Yeah, which that's I, amazing. I, I, um, I'm feeling like okay about it, right? You know, hmm. I mean, I'd I'd love that to be much higher than it is. And the other two, I'd also be love to be much higher. But you know, we have a we have a ways to go, and and it's like you know, we're we're on step six of whatever thirty. And that's okay. The, the one that I love, actually, the, the one on the bottom, development areas, that actually has grown. It's growing by about 500 every month. So that's where people are telling us, here are the skills that I'm interested in learning, the things that I want to learn. And that's that skills gap, right? That's the one we really want to get at. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's only 8,500 of the 47,000, but you know, <coughs> Again, it's like 500 new people a month, mm-hmm. which I think is great a great way to think about it because now they're coming in and how do we keep them in? How do we help yeah. them grow? Um, how do we learn from what they've told us and provide them what they need? Uh, so that's already at 9,200 as of. Yeah, that. I mean, that, 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 that speaks to this as, as not only its primary purpose, but also as an employee engagement tool. And I know part of your remit, Paul, is not just traditional L&D, but engagement as well. So this yep. is nice. This is, uh, you know, this is hitting multiple things at once, for sure. Yeah. And, and, go ahead, Judy. Sorry. Well, I was thinking about how you said you're not satisfied with those numbers yet. And I know you want to get them higher, but I'd be interested in hearing from the folks um, on the call because I think that's pretty good for as far along as you are, that, that you haven't turned on the opportunity marketplace yet. Um, and so, so it'd be really interesting to just do a little quick benchmarking for other people um, who are exploring having people add, you know, put their job profiles in. Um, are you getting similar sorts of uptake? Um, right. So. right, right, right. Yep, right. absolutely. We'd love to 
I mean, maybe in the chat, throw in a percentage. What percent of your of your folks? You know, for us, it's so if you look at nine thousand, you know, it's about twenty uh, percent, right? Um, so what what percent of your population uh, is you know is engaged in doing this type of thing? Um, for us, yeah, and it it is certainly something that we're not while we're not happy with it, we're excited that it continues to grow. And we knew that when we turned on last June, we turned on Career Hub. We knew that it would be a journey and and take just take time for folks to get their heads around it, get comfortable with it, uh, go out and explore and do things. So um, so so yeah, it's 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 certainly fun to to see it continue to grow. So absolutely. Um, I think I'm gonna speed things up because the questions coming into the chat are are incredibly insightful. Uh, someone asked if we're using Skills Cloud. We are. Yep. And and um, and it's and for us, it's been a, a good journey, but it is a little it's a little scary. Okay, because folks want to. Everybody I talk to say, okay, can you give me a list? Where's the? Is there an Excel file or? And it's like, no, that does not. It's not how this works. It's a cloud, and it changes all the time. And so you've got to be able to live with the idea that you're not going to be able to have that 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 list, right? That database. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's going to continue to morph and grow and, and change. Before we go on to your, your next actual slide on this, on, on the gig marketplace, um, there was a question from Kelly, uh, just noting that second number there on the right under skills, it says confirmed skills. So it's just wondering how, what does that mean, confirmed? That means that, so when they, part of the, part of the experience when they go in is it says, uh, hey, Tell us what skills you have today. And it actually, based on your background, your job profile, it gives you some suggestions. Then you just, it's a click, click, click type, type of activity. Where <coughs> you're confirming the skills that you have today. Okay. So it's self-confirmation at this point. No, no assessments involved, nothing beyond that for now. Not yet, Tom, but uh, good question because what we have now is something called signal strength. So it actually does, gives you a count of the back, you know, based on your background, tells you, okay, here's the number of times we've seen this skill, either in feedback you've received or courses you've taken or past roles you've had, you can actually go in and, and update and confirm that. So you get a kind of account, which is again, more of that self-confirmed, you know, uh, quantitative, um, yeah. but we are looking at and thinking about when do we move to level and, and kind of crowdsourced uh, skill level, right? Yeah. And I'll, I'll note, I, I I created several guidebooks for I4CP members on how to create a skills database uh, and, and talent mobility and then upskilling. And in that first one, um, I, the, in the interviews I conducted, different companies are taking different approaches to that. Yeah, um, some, right. are, some are exactly where you're at and it's all, um, you know, it's just the, the employee indicating their skills. Uh, a lot of times it's scraped from existing sources and, the, and then they're confirming them from there. Uh, for certain types of skills, often it then goes to the manager to verify uh, or maybe like a, you know, peer-to-peer -peer, like crowdsourcing verification. And then for certain skills, usually not all because that would be very expensive and time consuming, but for some skills where it's most important to the organization or maybe we're safety is an issue um, for certain things, uh, you know, or, or they're just otherwise important. Actual assessment uh, of performance and, and so on comes into play. That's a great point, Tom. I'll jump on that by saying we are not there yet. There are, we are going to identify specific skills. We have a technology, for example, called 3D Tracer, right? And it's nothing anyone else has. It's our, our proprietary technology. 
that's certainly a, a skill we're going to want to manage, mm. identify, uh, say this is a critical to us, and we are going to be really clear about, you know, who are the experts in this area, right? Who are the people that we really want to look to? Um, and so, I, you know, we are talking about when and where to do that, and, and it's not going to be down the road a bit. We could do an entire hour just on skills verification. Um, I know, the, I know. the other thing that I will commit to, if you're game, Paul, is I will commit to an FAQs document for any question getting in, in the chat, because there's a lot yeah. of very specific questions in here about how did you do this in Workday? And um, so, yeah, let's let's do an FAQs if you're up to that, up for that, sure. and we'll, we'll publish it afterwards. Um, but talking about the gig marketplace, I have, a, I have a friend who runs product for um, his company. And one of the things he said to me is the moment we allowed people to see what skills they had and what skills they needed for their next opportunity, use of the LMS increased 4x, four times more interest in learning those skills. And so there's something about, I mean, there's something incredibly powerful about this way to give people real, real opportunities. Yeah. yeah in a absolutely. skills marketplace. So um, yeah, tell us about yours. Yeah, and, and the way we're, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about it is, uh, you know, two different ways, right? It's, it's uh, to, to associates and you know, the folks out there, it's a way to find those experiences that are going to help you grow your skills and own your career, right? It's that, it's that's a big part of that 70%. Um, and so it's both, I'd, we call it the kind of the give and the take, right? At the individual level, there are gigs that your company needs help with, big, important work that, we need to do that you are going to have to give, right? We're going to need your help to do these types of things. Uh, but there are also gigs that are going to help you develop those skills. And ideally, ideally it's both, right? But hey. sometimes, you know, you want to, and hopefully you'll find that sweet spot, but sometimes there are things that we're going to need you to do uh, and need your help with. But, and there are times where you're going to just purely be able to develop and, and, and try some new things. So, so this is one way that we've been talking about it. Uh, the next slide, I think, is uh, also helpful just because it, it, it talks about two different things. Again, back to that for associates, yeah, you, we, we want you to develop through experiences, right? And so we want you to find the experiences that match your skills, help mm -hmm. you develop your capabilities, et cetera. But for leaders, it's really also about how do we get the capacity that's out there? We know that I, my hypothesis is there's capacity out there that we have not tapped yet. There are people who are who have skills who want to do things. We don't know that they want to do that, um, and so we're trying to find them and gain access to really that talent across the organization. And the other thing that I think is really important is this idea of not the common cast of characters, not the same people who've always done this, but right. let's find a diverse team with new skills and new perspectives that haven't done this before. How do we get them on board and find them? So I think that's that's kind of a, a fascinating kind of new thing to 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 get after. So yeah, you know, we always struggle with we know that diverse teams perform better. We know that the the more diverse your team, the better your innovation is going to be. We we even know that um, you know your company will perform better 
with yep. a diversity of background, thinking style, experience. And, and so to be able to say, yeah, let's use our available technologies to make that happen. Yep. For real. Yep. Yeah. I yep. like your, I like your definition of gigs um, here too. It's just, it's so short and clear. It's meaningful work. It's a short time frame, and it's part-time. Yeah. Um, thank you. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to make one adjustment to it because we've been having actually just this week, we, as we're piloting, we're having conversation about it. We changed short time frame to time bound. Um, oh, smart. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a, what's short, it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. But, you know, we just want things that have a, a start and an end date. We just don't want people putting, you know, ongoing process work in as a gig. And that's the idea. Cause you know, some of our ERG uh, roles, that's a two year uh, commitment. So that's not short by, I don't think any definition, uh, but it is time bound, you know, you have to yeah, yeah, that's really smart. And I think to Sheila's point in the chat, um, you know, getting ERGs are a really great place to start um, yeah. with getting people with diverse skills on board. And I, I think any sort of any sort of community, it doesn't necessarily have to be an ERG. It can be a community of interest, um, but yeah. but where people are gathering anyway to talk about something that they have in common, really great source um, to bring the opportunity marketplace into the conversation. Yep. Yep, we're very excited. So, um, is there are there is there anything in the chat? There's one more. Yeah, this forgive the graphic. It's not great. I'll just say this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the things that, I, as a, again, back to the learning a professional idea. One of the things I've always been kind of begging for in my role is I need to know what people need to learn. Right. Yes. And I don't want to yes. hear that. I don't want to hear it from the learning people because. They're hearing it from their salespeople or their, you know, the leaders. And again, there's filters all over the place, right? So I want to start finding out for all those associates out there, how do they, what are the, what are the skills they have? What are the skills gap that they have identified? And how do we go from that skills gap, that, that skill interest gap, that, that to that skill, the enterprise skill interest gap, look at our current courses build our own 70, 20, 10 pads and share that back out. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very timely that this is, that we're talking today because starting next month, you know, we use in the past, we've had a development week. We're starting in April development season on uh, development season will be April through June. And we've identified kind of curated the top six skill areas uh, that uh, people have told us here are the things that I'm interested in learning and we're curating courses for each of those skill areas and building a 70, 20, 10 path for our associates. So when development season starts- So relevant. It's cool, right? They'll be able yeah. to pick their, their own track. They'll get a set of courses that have been suggested for them. They'll also get a, an accountability group, like a little group of people that they're gonna connect with. And they'll be able to do some like fireside chats with leaders on that topic. Hmm. So. We're we're really excited about it because again, yeah, it's what they've told us, not what we think they're they're saying. You know? We might want to also tap you if you're willing to share how you're communicating about development season um, to your workforce. Uh, 
Because you just you just dropped a lot of gems in those last <laughs> few sentences. Um, so great, thanks, thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, we uh, a it's not such a bad graphic. Give your give you and the team a little more credit. Kristen in the chat said she likes it. You know, when something's an infinite loop, well, an infinity symbol makes infinity. a lot of sense. So, uh, and and we want this to be a recurring process. Um, one of the things on here that you also called attention to was when you identify the skill gaps, whether the employee does that themselves or or you all do that or, or others do. Um, one of the questions Dan had earlier in the chat was, what do you do with that skill gap information? Do you share it through the HRBPs or directly with business leaders? Um, how do you how do you work with the rest of the business to let them know where there are some skill gaps? Um, how does that work? Well, it's it's um, it's a that's a little tricky because the skill information is uh, is is the associates, and we can we don't want to get to the level where I can where I can see the skill gap for someone in a country where maybe it's not okay for me to see their skill gap. So, so there's kind of a little bit of a, a data privacy thing. So we can only look at it at the aggregate, but we have created some, some good Power BI dashboards that we've handed to our learning leaders so that they can do that filter for their division, their function, uh, again, at the aggregate level. We've got to be careful about how we share that. At the individual level, they see it. And when they are looking in at it, like it, when they look at a gig and it says you have these skills, you're missing these skills, it gives them those learning suggestions mm -hmm. right in the tool at the individual level. Well, um, even at the aggregate level, though, as a business yeah. leader, say with a large enough department or division, uh, knowing that I, I need more skills in a particular area yeah. amongst all my population, you know, that, that's yeah. helpful to know. And where we're going, where we're going with that, too, I think is really just fascinating is let's connect that to job recs and let's start look ahead, looking ahead and saying, what are the skills we're looking for? Or we're, we need that we're that we're having trouble finding. Uh, so that's that kind of next level, but we're not there yet. I'm that's your next sure. slide, right? Where where you're going next? And and I yep. think we can, I think we can address a bunch of the questions in the chat too. You know, while we while we talk about this, this is a this is a really good summary, and and it probably even addresses some of the questions um, that folks were asking about in terms of going from workday learning to activating skills hub, skills cloud to launching career hub, and now now going to opportunity marketplace. This is this is a, a great progression. Um, but before we before we do that, I do want to get back to your point about who gets to see what data. Um, yeah. And having thought through the risks of people seeing my own skills gaps that I might not even have realized that I had once we start to verify skills, once the moment people feel like something negative could happen to them, Trust in the entire program is eroded and you can't get that back. I, I was just reading something about um, how performance management programs are now being tied to layoffs. Like the moment you- oh, That scared the heck out of me when I heard that. I know, but like the moment you connect any sort of decision about someone's job future to a program that was initially supposed to be about growth and development. I mean, you've lost trust in the system, you've lost trust in HR, you, you don't get it back. 
So yeah. the fact that you're taking such a responsible approach to this um, is really smart. Thank you. Yeah. And just, you know, it's again, great team. And you don't do that unless, if you're running this global, you learn about it because, uh, you know, yeah. if you don't, if you're not running it globally, you may run into this and then, uh, you know, kind of be in trouble down the road. So there were a couple of questions. Oh, go ahead, Judy. Did you say earlier, Paul, that you also have responsibility for the employee listening? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let, I, you let, know, let me cover this and then we'll get to that yeah. topic because I know I'm looking at the time and I'm like, ooh. Okay. So, yeah, you and you kind of mentioned it. We, we, you know, I started this role in November 2019, and I'd say a couple, three years before that, we had already started migrating everyone onto the Workday Learning platform. We finished that in 2020, just in time, I'd say, for COVID, and um, very glad that we had done that. And then we turned on Skills Cloud, and I, there was a chat earlier on about mindset and uh, vulnerability. I would say, you know, we have this event we've used called Development Week, where we talk not just about, yeah, it's not just about the platforms, at, of, at, for sure. It's really about that mindset shift, and it's about how people feel comfortable sharing things with others, how they get vulnerable. Um, you know, I'd say we're not, for, for sure not there yet, but we're doing everything we can uh, to, to, to help with that mindset shift. But yeah, we turned on Skills Cloud in 2021, but it was really hard, I'd say, because where's the payoff for an associate? And now the payoff's coming, right? Because we turned on Career Hub mm -hmm. last June. They're starting to see that now that they've been able to share that information, they're getting good feedback about what they can do about it. And now I think with the with the gigs turned on, there'll be some really, really fascinating and good payoff for folks. And you know, those development week or season opportunities are ways for us not just to turn on the thing, but to talk about the, the art of it and to talk about the mindset shift and to give people a chance to uh, to get their head around that piece of it because I think it is it is important. Um, Absolutely, you, it's such a yeah. it's such an amazingly holistic approach that you're yeah. taking, and I think the way that you're the way that you're thinking about careers, the way that you are merging L and D to your entire career, to the talent acquisition. I, I feel like there's been this Venn diagram in human resources where L&D has always operated over here and you know talent acquisition and, and this, the, the way that we have been able to progress with what we can do with technology brings us all really closer together. Like none of us can do our own HR function without thinking of it systemically. Yeah, and, and I'll... I'll think back to, you know, Ann Gotti, smart of her to put all this, kind of grow this to get, you know, together uh, when she was here. And then last week, Margot King, uh, who's now at Toro, was talking about this as well, right? How do we, because our business partners look at us as one area and, and how do we help them think holistically about connecting all these things together? Because, um, yeah. yeah. And our then business the partners do not care about no, our HR silos. And right. Yeah, the other thing you mentioned was, and yeah, I have a, we have a, a platform we leverage called Humu that, where we do not just the engagement survey, but we also do this nudge, this idea of nudging and giving you little coaching moments um, along, the, along the way that tie into, you know, where you are, what you need to learn, 
and what your where your team needs to go. Um, and so all of it, all of it kind of gets back to this idea of we've got to get away from the event-driven, episodic, big thing to mm-hmm. every day we're learning, every day we're getting more engaged, every day we're building our careers, every day we're getting a little bit of development. Um, so we're right. really trying to move towards that that idea of you know away from episodic to everyday things. Exciting times. All right, yes. Tom has been analyzing the chat. What has been asked in the chat that we haven't covered yet? Yeah, so I've got a few I can surface here. Um, one, the the it wasn't really a question, but the point that Nicholas just made. He said that at his organization, they've used ONA organizational network analysis to really try and help fill some skill gaps, just through better networking of individuals at the organizations, helping them to make better connections. Um, I'm not sure what functionality Workday and Career Hub has uh, for that. Their their talent marketplace. Do you know if it has that functionality? Not th- not that I know of. Not that I know okay. Um, is that something that you might be looking to do down the road, maybe in phase two or three, uh, leverage uh, stronger connections between people based on their skills data and skills gap analysis? I uh, hadn't thought about that, uh, Tom, but I, but I, you know, if you kind of, if I think about it, folks, if folks are doing those mentoring connections right. and those networking connections, you know, maybe a year or two down the road, starting to look in that at that and seeing who's getting the most, connections uh, made to them and uh, where where are folks making the most connections right and it is um by the way it is humu with an h h-u-m-u oh humu Uh, okay oh okay my mistake Uh, that was the employee engagement nudging platform is humu with an h and it's not who knew couple of other questions from the chat earlier uh and and andrea or andrea uh, asked a question around going back to manager mindset and changing that. Uh, Judy had mentioned, uh, you know, talent hoarding amongst managers. Um, one of the things we found in our workforce readiness study was that very few organizations actually recognize and reward managers to stop doing that, to actually incentivize them to develop their talent instead through rewards and recognition. Uh, what have you done in, in that area? Uh, well, again, we, um, we, we, where we're going is we're trying to get that enterprise, thinking, thinking of talent as enterprise talent and starting to push that mindset further and further down into the organization. Um, you know, we've been doing that for quite a while at, at, at a certain level of, of our, te- our, our associates, but I think it, it you know, it'll, it'll continue to uh, kind of grow as we push it down. I, I don't, I can't tell you that. Yeah, we're we're not um, we're we're not tying any of this to performance. Um, you know, we're not. We're, we're, but what we do is we do have talent council. Uh, you know, sessions with all of our divisions and functions, and you know, looking at uh, sharing talent versus keeping talent is is certainly a topic. But it, I I can't say that it's yeah it's not tied to performance at this point or rewards. Uh, yeah, you, great. You you shared some uh, of your your big top level raw numbers in terms of people being engaged with the platform, filling out their skill profiles, um, things like that. Uh, what else are you planning to measure for the success of this initiative? Michael Killingsworth asked, uh, are you eventually going to be able to report out on some sort of ROI from turning all of this on? Uh, I know you're in the early stages for some of it, at least. Uh, so it might be a couple of years before you'd be at that stage. But um, what 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 are your plans for metrics and measurements here? 
Yep, we are we are looking at we are looking at retention, competitive internal uh, moves, percent of those you know versus external moves, uh, you know of course retention and um, and then we do have we are starting to look at uh, areas I'll call it areas because the the name varies um, but areas where we have a lot of long tenured folks and 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 are they giving talent versus receiving talent. Ooh. So there's some really fascinating data in that space um, uh, that we're starting to look at. And again, you have all that data now, so it's just really, it's fun to see. So, um, but at the high level, you know, the leading, the more of the leading metrics as well are on our engagement survey, we have several questions about, uh, you know, related to retention and related to career growth. Um, the primary one being, I have the opportunity for development in my current role. And that word opportunity is a big one that, I, you know, we, we are kind of parsing out and understanding, but, uh, but that's what we're looking at right now, uh, Tom, if that helps. Well, Judy, I want to give you an opportunity to ask any questions that are coming to mind for you as well. Um, but, be, but before you do, um, uh, there's one more that I had surfaced from the chat and I took and jotted a note down, and that was again from Nicholas. Um, more broadly, Paul, around learning culture. So maybe beyond the platform and, and how it can be improving learning culture. Uh, do you have any other unique things you've done at Ecolab over the years to to help you know uh, drive drive a stronger learning culture at, at the organization? Th this is a topic that. We've spent some time on on some of these calls over the past couple of years. I know Kevin Oaks and Brenda Sugru, the chief learning officer at EY, did a session on learning culture just this past fall. So if people are particularly interested in that topic, they should look up that recording in the archive and, and check it out. Um, but what what are your thoughts and tips on learning culture, Paul? Yeah, we uh, we we took a look at what are we going to need to do differently in order to lead to thrive coming out of the pandemic, right? We kind of came, we, we went away from saying new normal and we started saying, hey, this is the new reality, the, the future. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, gonna lead, if you're gonna lead your teams in this new reality, how do you lead your teams differently? Um, we talked a lot about learning culture and mindset. And one of the, one of the terms that took, that kind of got a lot of energy and we're, we're continuing to talk about it and think about it and think about the behaviors that are needed is having, uh, you know, we talk a lot about learning mindset. I like the idea of a beginner's mindset uh, mm. because that is a kind of a puts you in a different space. We have a great company with a lot of really, really smart people and a lot of experts. <clears throat> and so helping our leaders say, hey, sometimes it's really important to put on the mindset of a beginner. Think about things in terms of maybe what, how would I do this differently if I didn't know anything about it? Um, and that, what do I need to learn about it? What, what should I, you know, th how should I think differently about it? So we're, we're doing something called a leading to thrive series. And that's one of the topics uh, that our leaders, we're have, having leaders talk about is, well, how do I come into things with a beginner's mindset and, and uh, you know, take a different approach? Oh, that's, that's brilliant. I, you know, I'm just making a thousand connections in yeah. my brain to the things that you're saying and things that I've been working on, you know, trying to find um, collections of the best metrics to, to measure because that, that sort of next step of holding managers accountable 
yeah. for these kinds of employee outcomes like internal mobility, like talent development. Um, that is a next practice. It is 18 times more common in high-performing companies than in low-performing companies. And so it came out of our latest culture fitness research. Um, the other thing I think, Paul, that I'm going to close on um, on an emotional note, and I'm going to see if you have similar stories. I've been thinking about the power of gigs. And I recently reconnected with, with a friend that I made in my 20s. I was working at little old Gainer Bank with 1,100 employees, and we got purchased by the National Bank of Detroit. That'll date me for any of you in the Midwest. And we set up a set, we set up a um, one-year gig where we pulled tellers from the branches. Um, and they became teller conversion trainers. So we had to do training on the new system. And, and so I reconnected with one of the friends that I made who had been a teller um, out in our branches. And she has since gone on to have an incredible career, put herself through school, has done amazing, amazing things. But when we reconnected, she said, Judy, that gig was life-changing for me. That, that moment when I found out that I could do something at my own company beyond being on the teller line. Um, and and it, never, it never really occurred to me how many of those people who get these gigs, which as you said earlier, it was critical to the company. Yep. Um, you know, we approached her and we asked her to do it because it was mission critical. And you think about systems conversions and that doesn't always sound very exciting. Um, but, are, you know, are you hearing those kind of stories about gigs? at uh, Yes. Well, I resonate with it myself. Mm -hmm. I, I, took a, I took a leap when I was at Best Buy to become one of our first black belts. And because it was like, ooh, there's a new role and all you do is solve problems all day long. And I get trained and I get to do new things. And so yeah. where do I sign up? Right. So like that was my first gig and it absolutely changed my career. It brought me in a new space. It helped me grow a lot. And, um, and so that's, that's my, I mean, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for that because I, it's how I got to Ecolab. And uh, yeah, I, I think, I think I, I just, yeah, that's a great story. And, and I just really resonate with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of I4CP's Next Practices Weekly podcast. I encourage you to join us live for these discussions each Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific time, so that you can ask questions of our guests and co-hosts and participate in the conversation. Just go to i4cp.com forward slash events to register. We hope you'll keep tuning in as I4CP brings you more great HR executives to discuss how high performance organizations are leveraging best and next practices in HR. Uh, registration is open for our Next Practices Now conference in late March this year in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, it's an annual tradition that we're super excited to be back to after two years of being virtual only. It is both in-person and virtual, so if you can't make it in Scottsdale, you do have that other option, and there'll be a lot more information coming on the speaker lineup very soon. Thank you, and we hope you have a great and productive week ahead.